Go first. I'm Maddie. <laughs> I'm Tyler. And welcome to Bestsellers. Bestsellers. We did it the wrong I'm... way. That was my fault. <laughs> this is our Drunk Book Report podcast. We are starting off strong this week. We already had a glass of red wine. Before the drink of the week, which this week is... Brandy. Brandy! From Snowline Orchards, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a an apple picking place in Southern California that does not have apple picking. At least not when you went in December. No, it never does. It's no, like it a, never does. It literally just has... It sells cider and like all of these apple-related items, but they don't actually allow guests to apple pick. Where do they get it from? They have apple trees. It's just not an just activity that them. you can do. Okay. It's become a running joke. I think I told you this. It's become a running joke with my friends where every year we go apple picking at this one orchard because there's no apple picking. <laughs> and so we do everything that's not apple picking at this orchard. The actual fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, but I got right. this there. So this is apple brandy, which is the drink of the week because in this book, which is... The Bridges of Madison County, our, our vintage book... Yes. To to recap from last week, we chose to do a bestseller from 30 years ago, which happens to be The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller from 1992. Although on the Wikipedia, it said 91, but I think that's wrong. On the Wikipedia, I read it said 92. What Wikipedia was (laughs) I looking at? Unless it was like conceived in 91 and released in 92. Like a baby. Like like me and my mother when she was 19. (laughs) She had me at 20. Wow, it is. Well, I guess this is now, it's going to be 31 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So what should we... Well, before we dive in, I got to ask. No, I didn't think about the question and you told it to me like 10 minutes ago. If your life was a bestseller, what would this last chapter be called? Uh, It would be called Packed to the Brim Mm. because I have done three networking meals in the last two days, mm-hmm. and I don't think I should ever eat again. I think you should. Eh, I think I've had enough. Well. Um, just to give further evidence to that, on New Year's Day this year, uh, I was sitting eating breakfast at like 10 o'clock in the morning on January 1st, and a chair broke underneath me. <laughs> so that's how I started the year. What kind of chair was it? It was like an Ikea chair. Um, I was at my friend's house in Austin and it just collapsed. And I was like, that's a great sign that I should go to the gym. But so yeah, I've had too much food. What would yours be? It would be figuring it out. Yeah. Because I feel like I was like, I'll be like, woof, I'm doing great. I got a pap smear today, as you know. And, and then also like two hours after that, I like... Once again, got scammed by an online psychiatrist. (laughs) I didn't hear about this. Well, I've been trying to escape from Cerebral, which I signed up for to manage ADHD medications. And then (laughs) it's I was like, wait, they're bad. Uh, (sighs) Fascinating. way. Anyway, so fascinating. (laughs) Let's get into it. As we said, we are drinking brandy in an homage to the Bridges of Madison County, our vintage bestseller. Let me just give you the brief overview. Okay, so it's pretty easy to be brief with this one because nothing Cause happens. It's, a, it's also a very short book. It's a very short book. Came out in 92, baby, written by Robert James Waller. I will say I wrote down some of the little backstory that uh-huh. he gave for his inspiration. He was just a guy who wrote like travel pieces and whatever for like a newspaper. And then he was taking pictures of bridges. He's a very interesting man. (laughs) And he was like inspiration struck him. And he apparently also had dreams of Francesca. And then he wrote the whole thing in 11 days, which is not surprising when you read the book. Yeah. And um, that's about it. And then he like is exactly like the guy in the book. He like takes pictures and lives on a ranch. Yeah. And there's. uh... Well, now he's dead. Obviously, this book was on the bestseller list. It was very popular. I did not write down the exact statistic, but I think it was on the bestseller list for like over a hundred weeks or something amount. absurd. And as you know, I I listened to the audiobook version, yeah. and I the wait on this book that came out thirty years ago was so long that I put a hold on it like two months ago or Yay. whatever our last podcast was. Never, and it still is like you got five weeks left. That's wild. Yeah, and so I had to use an audible credit, but. Yeah, I was like, why is this so popular still? I think people 
And it's funny because, like, the movie, you know, the movie is, is almost 30 years old. Right. You know, too, so it's not like people are like, wow, I gotta, gotta read this now. Right, it's not like the movie came out last year. Yeah. There's a resurgence of interest in it. The film adaptation of the book came out in 1995. It stars Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep, who I have not watched the movie, but she's supposed to be Italian. Don't know how that works out. She's, she loves to do little accents. Yeah. Like in Sophie's Choice. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, she played a rabbi and something. And she has many doubts. Um, <laughs> I have doubts. 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 Uh, and then there was also a musical of this book released in 2015. Yes, which, so that is more recent. Interestingly, the audiobook version... Kelly O'Hara and Stephen Pasquale, who were in the musical, read the book. I don't know why they needed both of them to do it. I think just for the gimmick of they're both in the musical. Because it was like, it would switch off, but it would be like both of the perspectives. Um, Like, you'd think, oh, when it's like the dude thinking, it'll be Stephen Pasquale. When it's Francesca, it'll be, you know, Kelly Mm O'Hara. But no, it'd be like both of them doing both. And it would just kind of switch off just per chapter. Voices <laughs> at the same time. Sound. But um, I thought that was weird. And then, like, yeah, anyway, so. That is odd. Also, especially because even even though they were in the musical, I assume the audiobook is not a musical. No. <laughs> That's a strange choice. I think, I think they just re-released the audiobook after the musical came out to, like, make more money. Um, and I've never seen the movie. Neither of us have seen the movie. So this is a pure book review. Yep, we're, we're diving in totally blind. Oh, I can, um, should I give my overview now? Yeah, yeah that's a good segue. It's uh, a hot Italian-American woman. She was a World War II bride, uh, apparently. I don't remember them mentioning that, but no. um, living in Madison County, Iowa, on a farm, and her husband and children are at the state fair, and then this man shows up at her house, <laughs> and they're instantly taken with each other. And she comes inside, she makes some dinner, they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll never see that. Nope. She leaves a note on a bridge for him. Says, come back for dinner when the the moths fly or whatever. And then he comes back and then they allegedly have sex and talk for four days, although we don't see much of that. And then they're in love with each other for the rest of their life. But she, you know, stays with her husband and he goes off and is alone and... And then at the end of, after they're both dead, uh, the children of Francesca, the woman, find a letter that's like, hey, you never knew this, but I was in love with this man. And it's not just a letter. It's a box of three volumes worth of content that she wrote after the fact for her kids to find after she died. It's truly insane. We'll get into that. But... And this book, and this book is fake, just so everybody knows, because the way that it is written, it starts with a narrator... Uh, kind of explaining that he had written a book and some these these two kids, not kids, they're adults, but these two siblings reached out to him saying, hey, I have this crazy story about my mom. You should totally write about it. And then he interviews these these siblings, Michael and Carolyn, um, and then Michael and Carolyn tell him about the mother's story, and then he decides to write a book about it. But that is all made up. So Which I did look up if it was made up or not, yeah. but... Afterwards, I was like, of course I was fucking made up. Nothing happened. Why would anyone write a story about this? But at the same time, I buy that. I buy that these two siblings were so shocked at their mother's, you know, at their mom having a a sexual drive that, (laughs) that they were like, this is a crazy story. We should have someone tell it. It's truly not crazy at all because it was so easy to have secret families back in the 60s, 70s, whatever. I have recently (laughs) found out that my dad probably has a secret half-sibling. Shut up! Have I ever told you that? You might have told me, but I maybe told you that. Anyway, but my dad sent me a letter... Because he was what? sending me letters for fun for a while. While you were living in and it was Los on, Angeles? Yeah. It was on, okay. it was like during the pandemic. It was on old Harry Potter stationery. Stop me if I've the, told the this on the podcast. you tell me about your dad, the more I might marry him. Well, he was, oh no. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be writing about that to my kids when I'm dead. You like me. So my mom's going to be so mom. sad. Well, I'll kill your mom first. Don't die. <laughs> so I don't think I, Oh, my God. This brings up the first point that I was going to make, which is just about the story itself, because this was such a groundbreaking book, apparently. It was on the bestseller list. But when I finished it, my very first thought was, oh, that's it? I think I was thinking about this, too, and I was like, I, I mean, I've mentioned on the podcast, we both do write romance 
yeah. to make money. And um, this is like so not even like tame, like sex wise, but just tame, like romance wise. Like there's not that much like tension. There's not that much build. I've heard the movie is much better in having an arc or whatever. But like there's so many like what people would consider to be like cheap, like chiclet books that I think I have much more richer romances in them oh my god for a second I was like what was that word you used chiclet like a baby chick oh, yeah yeah like you chick, chick lit. Lit. Yeah. yes okay yeah. <laughs> yeah I think there's a chiclets that have more substance than like, this there book there weren't any farm animals in this book I, unless I just skipped a chapter. oh there was actually chickens when <laughs> I remember this woman. That's right. I remember this because when the when Robert Kincaid, the man, was driving away in his truck, which is named Frank. Harry. Oh God, it was Harry. And the dog's name was Jack. I forgot. I wrote down confusing that the truck and dog have man names because I kept being like, "Is Harry the guy?" No, wait, that's Robert Kincaid. They always call him Robert Fucking Kincaid. That's hypocritical because your dog is named Ray. (laughs) Okay, that's true, but my name is not. You're, you're Robert. Right. It's not right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, when he was driving away and he kept driving away and then like stopping and looking and driving away and stopping and looking, whatever. And at one point it was like, oh, the chickens ran out from under the wheel. And I was like, oh, my God, he was about to run over all those chickens. <gasps> no, she probably has plenty, though. And she runs a farm. Yeah, I guess if you have a farm, you are used to chickens dying. I had a friend yeah. who lived in like grew up in Simi Valley and they had chickens and they just kept fucking dying. And I was like, that would be too traumatic for me. <laughs> My best friend has always said, uh, this might be going too dark, but I'm just going to say it anyway. We've gone um, to some dark places already. Really kicking it off strong in 2023. It's the brand. Um, it's the brandy. My best friend has said, when I've asked her, I'm like, oh, like, how many kids do you want to have? And she's like, oh, three. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The door opened a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's Megan. <laughs> the door is connected to a string to keep it closed, and it just opened a little. Okay, as I was, as I was saying, um, my best friend. I one time asked her, just as you we were talking about things with your friends, I was like, "Oh, how many kids do you want to have?" And she was like, "I want three. And I was like, "Oh, why? Like, do you just like want a big family or whatever?" And she was like, "Oh, um, no, I I want a pair and a spare." she's not a fucking royal when i was like what do you mean she's like well you know if one of them dies that's so sad at least the other two will have each other and i was like well it's terrible logic i I mean like like i see and i think we had talked about it because i come from a family where like my on my dad's side of the family he has god he has seven or eight siblings oh my god and then his dad has 13 siblings oh my god and i think that was just a generation of people that just had as many kids as possible with the thought that some of them might die in the in the 60s yeah in the 60s 70s i think at that point there was no farm medicine wasn't super advanced it wasn't that bad (laughs) maybe they're just passing it down from other (laughs) generations i don't know and they just missed the memo. This woman in the book lived on a farm. She only had two kids. She only had two kids, but she probably had like 50 chickens. That's what I'm saying. What kind of farm did they have? Like, was it, a, were they like making farmers or were they just, did they just live on a farm? I would assume, I actually don't remember what the husband did. So that, that is another part of the story. So she, this woman, Francesca, she is alone for this week because her husband, Richard, who's like, fine, but like stable he goes away for a week with the children to some fair and so she's like hanging out on this farm alone i would assume that he's more of the farmer in the family but they never talk i would assume yeah they just say she's a farm wife and whatever and then she's always like oh my kids won't eat anything unless it's meat (laughs) unless it's one of the chickens (laughs) (laughs) she's probably like i hope he runs over the chicken then i won't have to slaughter it (laughs) richard used to do that when he was here last week Richard, Robert, that's all the same. Why would you choose similar names? I don't know. It's a made-up book. You could have chosen it. Chosen. You could have chosen. You could have chosen a name that wasn't starting with R. I I kept being like, am I being too hard on this? Would I have liked it more if I thought it was written by a woman? Mm. I don't know. I'm pretty hard on everything we read. But again, I just think it's, it's not as profound as it 
claims to be. No. Honestly, I think the notebook gets better. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think, I mean, I don't think you're wrong because I think the story itself, but maybe that speaks to why it was so popular back in the day. The story itself is very simple. It's like a woman who is in a loveless but stable marriage uh, who has this moment where she can seize this passionate affair and she takes it. And it, it's a very mm-hmm. brief period of time. She never tells anybody. But for those four or five days or however long it was, she has, like, the best time of her life. And I think that's, like, a little fantasy that some people have. I do think it's, yeah, it's a beautiful idea. <laughs> it's beautiful. Affairs. They're beautiful. Do you think just a lot of people are, like, not reading enough smut? Mm. And they're like, this is the sexiest thing I've ever read. And well, so That's what I was going to say, is I feel like since 1992, or since whenever this was published... There have been books that have been a lot more convoluted and complex that have been published that are more advanced than this. I mean, and before. And before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Pride and I mean, maybe right. that is the the appeal is that it's just like simple. simple. It's like a long, short story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually going to this was one of my discussion questions and I'm not searching for it was why do you think fans enjoyed the book? Because clearly some people enjoyed it because it was on the bestseller list for a bazillion years. But part of part of my thinking was that's almost I almost wonder if it was like if it was the Fifty Shades of Grey of its day. Like it's this obviously with ten, no sex because they never describe it. But it's just that simple fantasy of except for when she was like, you're so strong. It scares me. <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Bitch. I'm going to get to that. That's my next question. But to answer this one first, so. I don't think so. I think there's like steamier stuff that came out before and after. I think it's just that people love longing mm-hmm. and like forbiddenness. Well, because that's the best part of a romance novel is the buildup. Right. You don't. The it's not a romance it. novel if they're already together. And then some one kind of book that I hate is a bad marriage book, which mm-hmm. There are like Fates and Furies was kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I just don't like a book where it's like our marriage is falling apart and then it's like my dad is the same way. I mean, his parents actually got divorced, so he hates divorce movies, as he calls them. <laughs> okay. And I don't like a book where it's just like, uh, the pain of a loveless marriage, because I'm like, and the suffering. <laughs> um but anyway, uh I don't remember where I was going with that. Uh I will jump in and save you. Uh, Thank you. Because I was thinking about this question and just what makes this book popular. And there were some questions on the internet that I came across that were talking about romance tropes and, and sort of mm-hmm. what makes a romance book successful is if it sort of embodies some of these classic tropes that you see, which we have come across a lot because obviously mm-hmm. we sort of have this side business in writing. But so I Googled it because I was like, what are romance tropes? I don't read a lot of romance myself. I tell um, you. Uh, so <laughs> Whenever we write a book for work, they're like, <laughs> I don't really see, like, what's the trope of this ally, yeah. of the love interest? Like, if it's not clear enough, like. Then you probably know this, yeah. but this was my first time sort of actually Googling what a list of these tropes are. Mm-hmm. And I found this page uh, on the website for Julie Tettle Anderson. <laughs> Don't know who she is, if she's problematic. I didn't do enough research. <laughs> but she has this page called Romance Bingo. And some of these little trope boxes. No, don't oh, get it. Okay. She's yeah. at my screen. So some of these cracked me up, and I'm gonna just read some of my favorite. Okay. So this is a bingo. Um, so there's like a big square. Some of these, uh, the first one is Virgin Widow. That one I'm not familiar <laughs> with. That seems like a doesn't happen a lot. Well, that's how I was like, I've never seen that. Um, fake prostitute. I guess I've done a romance book where she was a fake prostitute, but that was because her twin sister was... No, wait. That was a stripper. Sorry. This one is my favorite. Peril-induced sex. These are not the usual (laughs) romance tropes that you hear people talking about. I was reading it, and I was like, am I missing something? I clearly don't read romance. I lied to you. The last one was not my favorite. This one is my favorite. Disfigured protagonist. I mean, I guess people do love scars and shit. That's true. Like, scarring. Yeah. I was thinking, like, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Or, like, I Beauty was, and the Beast. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Um, but some of these just made no sense to me. And I was like, do you, does this book have any of these? Can I look now? Yeah, you can look now. Mistaken identity, I guess. First time or oh, this, this woman. Okay, these are not... Someone who makes a bet is not a romance trope. That's just a, a thing that happens. Like... Or, but I could see that. I, no, I could see that. I could be like, 
I could see somebody being like, I bet that you won't fall in love with me. This is like very random. I was expecting, okay, like friends to lovers. That's what I was thinking of when you said romance tropes or enemies to lovers or like forbidden romance. Uh, I'm thinking of, we have to like literally tag the books that we do for work. So I'm like, I was just doing that today. So like arranged marriage is one like i mean secret secret baby is not really one but like surprise pregnancy that's a big one that's a big one um opposites attract that makes sense scandal induced marriage yeah like that like a fake marriage or like Mm -hmm. a contract marriage that is a big one someone makes a bet i don't really know what they mean I also like punishing kisses. Is that like a how to lose a guy intent? Yeah, that's, again, <laughs> not really like a trope, but just like a small thing that, ha- anyway, whatever. I love that they, how they write, I hate you, wait, I love you, <laughs> yeah. instead of enemies to lovers. I know, they have friends, they have friends, they have friends to lovers, friends right, to lovers right, right next, next to, it. to it. Kidnapped. Yeah. And then the best one of all, which is the free space, just says, something smolders. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's your professional opinion. It's fine. I, I was trying to think of like, I mean, yeah, I guess this this is a, a fantasy in that it's like, yeah, it's like secret romance, forbidden love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is somewhat of the like, I've never known true passion before. Yeah. Um, he's like a, a lone wolf. He's a cowboy. Like he keeps saying he keeps saying about his own self. Like, I'm the last of the cowboys. And it's like, I think you're just a man with long hair. (laughs) Yeah, I want to say, and I'm just going to put this down for the record, I would not date this man. Like, just based on the descriptions. Okay, can we talk about how he shows up? Because I was like, did I miss something? He just drives, he's looking for the bridges. He drives onto a farm. And he's just like, hi. And she's like, hey, come in. Like, they're drawn to each other. But he, he just, like, accidentally showed up there, right? Yeah, because he was trying to find, he went to Iowa to find a bunch of bridges, blah, 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 bridges, bridges to photograph for National Geographic. Which I guess does not seem like something that would be in National Geographic, but maybe in the 90s, I don't know. Really- Seems like something that would be on a puzzle. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Puzzle set. Yeah. Um, well, right. He's trying to find all these bridges, uh, and then he can't find the last one, and so he stops at this house to ask for directions. Oh, it was the last was. one. Okay, it was like the okay. Roseman Bridge. Okay, that's that's slightly better. I was like, why did he just show up? I mean, you should not invite a strange man into your home. Right. I mean, this whole book could have been avoided if she had just turned him away. Yeah. And she'd been like, I'm alone. I'm scared. Go. But I guess that's kind of the thing. It's like forbidden. It's like, oh, forbidden my God. Love. Like, there's something magnetic. Although readers tend to hate when I do this in my book. If there's, like, some magnetic attraction that's, like, insta-love, people don't like that. Really? What's the no, logic behind they're that? like, why do I love this person all of a sudden? Yeah. Much like me reading this book. I'm like, they keep being like, I love him. And right. you're like, Why? They don't talk. They don't have similar interests. They've said some, like, kind of vaguely poetic shit. And then, like, they, yeah, they don't, they say at one point, like, it was four days of, like, making love and talking nonstop. But we don't really hear, like, what did they talk about? Did they talk about, like, what it was like to to grow up in Naples? Did they talk about, like, (laughs) what it was like to be the only immigrant woman in town or what? Like... Do they talk about how lonely he is or why he wants a dog so bad, but he won't get one? He's in his 50s and he keeps saying he wants a dog. He doesn't get one until after this love affair. But he said twice in the beginning pages, I wish I had a dog. And I'm like, get a dog. You're right. You're traveling alone in your truck. You can get a dog. You can get a chihuahua. He had a chihuahua. He wouldn't. He's too, like, his masculinity is too fragile. They kept saying he's, like, really sweet and stuff. But I was like, I don't know about that, but. No, he's got long hair and he wears overalls. Um, <laughs> and sandals. No one in this town wears sandals. Yeah, so he's a freak. And people kept in the town kept being like, that strange looking man. And I was like, in the 70s? Like, Iowa is a small town, but is it? I mean, I was. it's a rural area, but like, you've seen, anyway. You've probably seen worse. Well, that was, so I was in this, this search that I did for romantic tropes. I came up. I found a website that sort of listed a couple for this book specifically, and you can tell me if you disagree with this. Uh, but one of the ones they mentioned is something called Helpers and Harmers. Again, um, don't know. <laughs> which is in every, apparently, in every romance 
book or every good romance book, you should have some sort of entity or figure in the book that is trying to help the romance along. So that might be like a best friend that is supportive of this relationship. And then you also should have some harmers. So things that are against this relationship that are acting as obstacles. And so like in this book, the judgy townspeople are technically considered the harmers. Okay. Because they are clearly against this relationship where the these two characters try to hide their relationship from the townspeople because it's like a small town and they gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, time was also listed time. as a harm. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was I, that was kind of compelling that she was like, I don't I don't want to do this because it would kill my husband. But that also felt kind of self-centered. Like, I don't I wouldn't want someone to stay married to me if they didn't love me just because right. they felt sorry for me. But, you know, men are fragile. Well, well that, I mean, that's another question is what would you, if you were in the situation, if you were Francesca, what would you do? Would you do what she did, which is ultimately stay with your husband in this loveless marriage for your children? Or would you sort of pursue this passion? I would never, I would say the bridge is that way. And he, and he would be like <laughs> staring at me and I'd be like, okay, goodbye. And then I'd go in and I'd double I'd lock the doors I'd do the deadbolt and then I'd call my sister or my friend and I'd be like here's this guy or like call the police like yeah so no we would listen I wish I could I I can't even like have a slut era like you know just like through dating apps like so no I would not trust a strange man and I would not blow up I think I'm way too also rational for that I'd be like right You'd overthink it. I'd overthink it. And then I'd be like, have a slow, I'd, you know, I'd have a conversation with my husband and then our marriage would break up and then I'd be alone. Anyway, what would you do? <laughs> um, uh, I was thinking, so I think this book is set in like the 60s. Is this set in the 60s? I couldn't remember if it was like 60s this, or 70s. I think somewhere around there. It might be the 70s. Um, they never I, leave the house, so it's kind of hard to tell. Right. It's it's timeless, you might say. Timeless. But part of me was like, if it was back then, like if it was in the 60s or 70s, I probably would do what she did because there isn't like there isn't a lot of co-parenting or discussions about like how to have a mixed family. Like that just doesn't feel like something that was common. And also like there's never there's not going to be a way for it to live up to the like if they had gotten together. Yeah. It would not have been a beautiful love forever. No. Well, right. Like, and they would have been... And I think that is the beauty of the book, is that it's like... Is that it's short, right? Yeah. It's almost like um, that that concept of, like, don't meet your idols, because if you meet your idols... I will make this connect. If you meet your idols uh, and you realize that this vision that you had of them is not exactly what you thought it was, then you're super disappointed. It's the same idea, because it's like, if you... If we actually saw the end of the story, which is like, they... 20 years later, they're still together. He did write an epilogue to it at one point. I don't know what it's about. See, I don't we know what it's about. It. Right, we probably we shouldn't read it. It would ruin the, the magic of the story. Yeah. Um, what little there is. What little magic there is. Uh, but yeah, that my short answer is if we were setting this in the time of the 70s, I would probably do the same thing. But if we were setting it now, I feel like mixed families are like a super common thing. And I would just sit my kids mm-hmm. down and be like, hey, kids. Your dad and I aren't a match anymore, and I'm in love with this person, but I'm just, we're still going to have Christmas together. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would treat them like adults when we would talk about it. I do think if, okay, if we're thinking, like, of the time period, I would not have been listening to as many murder podcasts, so I probably would have been too nice <laughs> to the strange man. Right. But guess right. what? We wouldn't have had a love affair. He would have murdered me, because there were a lot of serial killers going up and down the highways, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, fuck politeness. Yeah, there aren't that many anymore, but that we know of. Anyway. Anyways. It's really not that common. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anymore. <clears throat> <laughs> um, horny old people. How do you feel about it? <laughs> um, do you mean, like, because these characters are sort of in their 40s and 50s? And I mean, we don't get a lot of any, like, these days, we don't get a lot of, like, middle-aged romance. And nice. I do love, like, I love a Nancy Myers like, middle-aged sex comedy. Okay. I will say. But I'd rather watch It's Complicated than read this book. <laughs> As would we all. I will say, uh, someone reach out to me if I'm wrong. Maybe I made this up for my own self but a couple years ago i read an article that was about how people over the age of 70 or 60 have better orgasms than Mm. younger people something about their body i don't know 
chemistry. Is that true for men and women or only women? I think I just read the headline because I suck. But that's sort of my feeling on old people relationships. I'm like, everybody should still have sex and enjoy pleasure. I get it. You can't get pregnant anymore, probably. Yeah. I mean, you'll get hot flashes, but no babies. So No babies. So I support it. I support sexy, old, horny people. Yeah, I support them, too. Um, Do you think Robert is a manic pixie dream girl? (laughs) (laughs) Is this one of your questions? Yeah. Well, it was just something I wrote down. I wrote that he, I thought he was because he kept being like, I love, I love words. I love the word, whatever. I loved, it was like a page of a list of words that this character liked. Uh And I was like, okay, so that's what you did for 11 days when you wrote this dumb book. Um, (laughs) Okay. Here's my answer to that question. I, I, I'm going to say yes, yes and no, because in the yes camp, do you think he's actually that interesting? No. At all? No. No. I don't think no. so either. One of my pieces of commentary... And this he's probably be- still not good enough for her. She's probably very hot. No, she's probably very hot. Here's what I wrote down. You know what? I'm just going to skip to that question and I'll come back to yours. Also, yeah. sorry, I just wanted to say, he probably is a serial killer. He's from Bellingham, Washington. Is that like the serial killer capital? There's a lot. There were a lot in the Northwest. He was driving through the Cascades alone with Maybe. a with a camera asking to take pictures of women. <laughs> if a strange man comes up to your house and says, can I make a picture of you? He kept saying make. I, I don't say take a picture. I say make a picture. That's a serial killer for sure. He also called them memory snapshots. Okay. Um, if you remember that, every time he did a photo shoot, he was like, they're memory snapshots. And the National Geographic people years later when Francesca called, they were like, yeah, he took beautiful like photographs, but he like wouldn't do what we told him to do. And I was like, that's <laughs> literally your job. <laughs> right. Anyway. We paid him anyway. Um, so back to your thing. No, back to what we were saying. You were talking about this man and if we would actually like him. And one of the things that I came across as I was reading the book and I was thinking about is they had a couple of descriptions. They didn't talk about sex very much. Like they didn't get into the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. details about their sexual encounters. But when they did, there were a couple of instances where that gave me pause. (laughs) And I'm going to give you just three examples. So these are quotes from the book. In the middle of sex... He said a couple of things. One of them, actually, she said this first one. So Francesca says in the middle of sex, there's a creature inside of you that I'm not good enough to bring out, not strong enough to reach. So that was the first one. That sounds like a Twilight quote. He loved it. So that was the first one. That's the first red flag. In another moment, he starts talking and he is talking about his endurance. And he says he could reach those places in his mind as well as physically, and that the orgasms of the mind had their own special character. What? And then the last thing he says, she's talking about another time they're making love, and he goes... God, I I truly zoned out for a lot of this book. (laughs) You're missing out, really. I guess. This is just three examples. But he whispers to her at some point, of the vision she brought to him, of blowing sand and magenta winds and brown pelicans riding on the backs of dolphins moving north along the coast of Africa. (laughs) What? This is a real quote. This is just like that fucking, like... He wrote, like, a poem about her later that was called, like... Yes! What was called, like... like something about peregrines, right? Yeah, it was, like, Dimension Z. Yes! Yeah, yeah. He, he called himself a peregrine. Unclear if he meant falcon or otherwise, but he wrote this, like, acid poem that was, like, I'm in Dimension Z when I make love to and you. And she, like, held on to it She for was years. like, aww! Yeah. Like, she was obsessed oh, with this gosh. poem. But so, to my point, if I met this guy... I don't think I would like him. No, I don't. Um, I also... Okay, why did I write this down? Here's some of my quotes from him. There are wizards out there. When did he say that? (laughs) You're a wizard, Harry. (laughs) I don't know when that's from. One that really made me laugh was... He was looking at her and he was like, You're big time elegant. (laughs) I was like, what? I'm going to start saying that to you whenever you look good now. I'll get to, do you want me to get to her quotes too? I guess you talked a little bit about what she said during sex. So when she's like, I have to let you go because this is my Italian accent. I have to let you go. Like, you know, if you said come with me, I would have to come with you, but don't say that to me. And then she says, you are the road and the road is you. And that was like more German, but you know. Um, And then 
she said, I love you so much that I cannot think of restraining you for a moment. Why is that so German? I guess they're next to each other. Anyway, anyway, so it's just like, uh, come on. No one's as poetic as they think they are. Well, but also if if I was like, this might be too personal about me, but if I'm in the middle of having sex with someone and they stop to read oh some my poetry, God, I, I would, would be so unmount mad. and I would leave. Like, unmount. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, no, that's not. Oh my God. So. These two people would be very annoying YouTubers. No, they, not only would they be YouTubers, they would be a couple that starts a cult together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Twin Flames yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they would be. Yeah. So we would hate them. Um, okay. Would you feel the need to tell your children about this affair that you had that no one needed to know about? A husband didn't know about it. And it was like, why were you like, you have to know about this? Like, you don't need to know everything about your parents. Maybe you shouldn't. And it actually feels a little bit narcissistic of her to be like, you have to know this about me to love me now that I'm thinking about it. But it's also just fucked up to be like, let me tell you about this sexiest horny time I had. And then she says something to her daughter that I screamed. And she was like, (laughs) son, you wouldn't understand this because it's all about, you know, him being sexy. But daughter, I'm so sorry. There's only one. I was like, bitch, what are you saying? Like you would share you would be like, oh, there's a clone him. I'll give him to my daughter. I don't know. Like, what? Or just like, you'll never have as good a sex as me. Because she'd also mentioned at one point that her daughter's marriage was struggling. So it kind of felt like uh, mean. Uh, but it just felt insane to be like, you're grieving me. Um, but here you go. Also, the, when he died, his like estate lawyers were like, we sprinkled his ashes by your house. <laughs> You've been inhaling him for weeks. Like, I was like, that's so creepy. Someone was coming over there and sprinkling the ashes. Around her house. No, I actually um, wrote something down. So at one point in one of these like letters that she gives her kids, uh, she says this. She goes, if you love me, then you must love what I have done. Which, to your point, not only feels maybe a little narcissistic, but kind of toxic. Yeah. Uh, because that's like not true and also you're kind of forcing this information on your children uh that maybe they didn't want to hear which you kind of get a little bit in the books i think one of the siblings is like that's hot go mom yeah and the other one's like gross the, the son is like what <laughs> i don't want to hear that <laughs> like yeah you you shouldn't have to hear about like yeah it's natural that your parents are having sex i guess but you don't need to know about it well okay but here's the just question, like my parents though. don't need to know about whatever i'm doing which is nothing unfortunately but you know <laughs> But if you were, but if I were, you wouldn't get. They wouldn't need to know. They wouldn't want to know. So okay, does this does this change your perspective or your answer? Right, if your mom told you this and she was still alive and she was telling you this in person, does is that different than if she leaves you a bunch of letters after her death? I do think it's better because I think it's like better if she's doing it in person. Yeah, because I think it's if it's like her sharing something with you and being like, "I love your dad," but like. I did have another great love. I just want you to know that, like, I, you know, I I had something really special, and I want that for you, too, you know, to have something really special or whatever. You don't need to go into details. You don't need to, like, you know, be like, you need to welcome this man's legacy into the family. Um, <laughs> but I think it's kind of cruel to do it after you're dead because it's, like, everything that happens after you're dead is not for you. It is for the other people. Mm. Like, Oh, that's interesting. You know what? I That's what I, I'm like. I would not care what people did at my funeral because it's about what, how they're grieving me. You right. Know what so I mean? you wouldn't leave like a so list of requirements for your funeral. If I mean, yeah. I, well, I don't know. Maybe suggestions to make it easier. Right. But I would not be like, let me disrupt the whole idea. Make it out <laughs> of me after I'm already dead while they're grieving me. Now they have to grieve this idea of me as well. But you don't think, I think we actually differ on this a little bit because in my mind, part of me is like, do you think it would be a bit of a cathartic release for somebody to hold on to the secret for many, many years and then kind of on their deathbed, be able to release it? Like that is sort of their final act mm-hmm. as they leave this world. Like, I feel like I would probably leave a notebook of secrets. I, don't know. I mean, I guess that's fun, but I'm like, if you didn't have a secret baby out of it, like, nobody needs to know. 
I don't know. And the, I, I say this as someone who cannot keep a secret. I mean, I, I can keep if someone tells me a secret and says, "Don't tell anyone," I'll, I won't tell it. Okay, but good to know. I can't keep anything about myself inside, <laughs> and so I would not have been able to keep this inside for. Here's what I wonder. Thinking realistically about this woman. In the book, it's, like, she's very quiet. She's, like, stoic. Like, she didn't say a thing about it. She just, like, meditated on this romance for 30 years until yeah. she died. They both died kind of young. But oh, anyway, whatever. It was the 80s. And, um, 70s? She, when they died, it was the 80s. <laughs> okay. um, but I feel like, realistically, this would be the kind of woman who's, like, like, Dad's dead. Mom has a brandy, and she's like, "You don't know how great of a life I had. That was so interesting." And like, she's like, oh, "This town's so boring." Like, I bet she's being very dramatic. That's actually, true. a lot of the time, that's true. She I thinks of herself as like this like tragic figure, but she's probably walking around being like, "Oh, the people of this town are so boring." Right. Like, I can see her being a bitter woman who, when her kids decide not to spend Christmas with her. Is like, you know, I am interesting. Why wouldn't you want to spend time with your interesting mother? I had an affair. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids are like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she says it out of anger. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you got to do what my mom does, which is, uh, you know, now that I'm an adult, every year around Christmas will be like having coffee and she'll be like, oh, here's the secret. <laughs> she trickles them out over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a slow release, yeah. uh, if you will. Like caffeine in certain teas. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, extended release Adderall. Yes, yes. That is your mother. Extended release Adderall. She, yeah. Um, Love her. To go back to one of our earlier questions. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. We're stream of consciousness. Where's here. that extended release Adderall right now? <laughs> Being drowned by our brandy, Me. our second drink of the night. Um, I just wanted to bring up a funny question. So when I was coming up with my discussion questions for this book, one of the first things that I found on the internet um, was this question, which made me laugh, and I'm going to tell you why. So the question goes. <laughs> Why does Francesca offer to ride with Robert, a complete stranger, to the <laughs> Bridge? Why does she, after years as a non-smoker, accept a cigarette from him? Why, when he reaches over with his lighter, does she touch his hand? Your answer should contain three distinct parts, one for each question. Okay. And I'm like... What, what a weirdly formatted question. Also, she just thought he was hot. Yeah, she like, was hot and suggestible. Suggestible. Okay, right. so one, she's... Easily influenced, uh, will change herself to fit a man. Okay, so that's the first distinct part. Two, horny. Correct. Three, bored. <laughs> Correct. There, you have your essay. Okay. Done. <laughs> Paragraph one. Yeah, okay, so we got the intro, my topic sentence, then I'll hear the three reasons, and then let's get into it. And then one paragraph, yeah, horny, paragraph one essay. paragraph suggestible, one paragraph bored, and then conclusion. In closing, yeah. she was having a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that led her to her Sometimes if you're doing the advanced <laughs> form of these essays that I learned in seventh grade, you will do one paragraph that's like, counterpoint, maybe this. Ooh. But actually... Here's why that's wrong. Interesting. I never did a counterpoint. We were at very standard five paragraph essay yeah, we were. at Lexington High. I guess I, I guess I like to live on the edge. I'm like Francesca. You're the devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> the moan into Ooh. the microphone. <laughs> um, Tell me your final thoughts. I don't have any. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have one, which was that I was like, do people critically love it? Apparently it was panned when it came out, the book. But I think Oprah put it on her book club or something. Clearly, no, I think critics hated it, but I think regular people liked it. Which is, I got, it which is often, you know, the sign of something great. Yeah. But um, I had to watch the movie. I can see how Clint Eastwood now, obviously, a little crazy, very old, but um, very conservative. But I can see how he would be hot in this. Yes. But the man I imagine in my mind is Robert Kincaid, not hot. No. No. Well, and I also think, again, haven't seen the movie, but this book is so short. And no and gives, conflict. And yeah, there's no conflict. It gives very little details about like 
their sex or what they talked about over that week. Like they kind of brush past mm-hmm. all of that. And so I wonder if in a movie version or in an extended version, you could really get into the nitty gritty of that and make it an even deeper emotional story. Yeah, I feel like instead of, I assume in the movie, instead of just being like, yeah, we kind of both understand this is ending. It's probably like, mm-hmm. don't go. Yes, go. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> right. Very notebook to your point. Yeah. Your better. Yeah. Okay. Final thought. Thank you. Oh, wait, no, I didn't give you my... No, I thought... Okay. My final thought was... It was a quote that I liked from the book. Please. This is one of the only quotes I enjoyed. I don't remember who said it. I just wrote it down. And it says, The old dreams were good dreams. They didn't work out, but I'm glad I had them. Nice. Okay. That was it. There was no thought behind it. It was just the quote. (laughs) My thing is all wet from my little brandy glass. You ready for the game? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, we're back to our usual game. I was like, should I try to find, like, reviews from the 90s? It was too hard. So, um, slash, I I didn't try. Um, (laughs) So, it's the regular three one-star reviews, and you have to guess which one is me. Okay. Okay. Number one. The worst book ever written. The only part worth reading is the, quote, reviews. I see I am not the only one who could not, could not understand all the hype and it just went on and on and on with pure drivel unbelievable number two omg trying to give this five stars but amazon is being weird still i had to write this review to say i love 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 this book definitely worth the hype okay number three i read this when it first came out and everyone was talking about it I feel compelled to write a review now because I just came upon a list on the internet of the worst books ever. In my memory, this is by far the worst book I've ever read. A true time waster. Based on character development and likability of main characters. Writing style, horrendous. Story development, emotions generated. The book was so bad, when I got about three-fourths of the way through, I hurled the book across the room and yelled, PAP! And then I quickly ran to see if I damaged the library's book I had just thrown. And to think I had been on a waiting list to read this book. This guy cannot write. As a romantic story, it's cheesy and shallow. Other one-star reviewers have pegged this for what makes it awful. As for me, this is the only book I've ever had such a strongly negative reaction that I literally tossed it. I'm pleased to see more people here voted this as a one-star book than any other rating. That's not true. Um... (laughs) Who says modern readers can't spot pap when they read it? What is pap? I can't respond to that no. question. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to say the first one was you. False. Mine was no. the one that said I'm trying to give it five stars. But oh, that was, I, was, I was split between them. Because I could hear you saying like, Amazon's being weird in your voice. But then I overthought it. Okay. I don't know what pap means. I googled it and of course the first thing that comes up is pap smear. And I I think like the closest thing I could find was like like, like chewed food. Or just like soft like Right, like regurgitation. Yeah. 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 Pap! Like, Pap! <laughs> Maybe they meant to write crap? I don't know. I also, sorry, I couldn't hide that that one was fake because there were many, many more five star reviews than one. <laughs> but, sorry. Oh no. Oh, I didn't even know this. <laughs> the scoot. <laughs> sorry. Mm. Okay. Okay. Ready for the second one? Yeah. Okay. You okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number one. My friend, a woman, Gave this book to me, knowing I was separated from my wife because she was having an affair. When she asked me how I liked the book, I reminded her of this fact. She said, I know. That's why I thought you would like it. Are you kidding me? Insane. (laughs) Number two. Wow. This woman cheated her husband and children of the most important aspect of relationships. Truth. She cheated on her husband, then secretly pined for another. How degrading. I threw the book in the trash with disgust the moment I finished it. <laughs> okay. Three. Yucky! Made me feel dirty. I am sad that I wasted my time reading this trash. Lonely housewife has an affair with man. She thinks she loves him and would even consider leaving her husband and kids to be with him. The whole book is just weird. Our society has come to a low point when people go crazy over a bad story like this. 
Uh, uh, this is hard. You're so much better at these than I am. Um, I'm going to say three was you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> real. No. Just because you said the word weird again. I was like, oh, this is the first one. I will say, um, they also said trash. And I was like, that's always something I say in mind. Oh, trash. Um, the first one was me. And I will say I based it loosely on a review that I read that was too long to print. <laughs> okay. It was like a full page long. And it was like, I am a man and my wife cheated on me and blah, blah, blah. And then we got back together, but it took us years to get over the infidelity. And I can't believe my friend let me this book and blah, 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 blah. It sounds like they were just being a supportive friend. And yeah. And this man, I think, kind of maybe is like scared of slash hates women because he was like, women are always the ones who leave their husbands. It's like, maybe those husbands are very boring. <laughs> Maybe their name is Richard, and they go to fairs during the week with their children. <laughs> Week-long affair. Week-long fairs. Also, like, you're living in the rural part of Iowa. Like, you'd think the fair would be by you. you you're, the fair is in your backyard. Yeah. Normally. <laughs> but, anyway. Um, yeah, the real one did say, my friend, parentheses, a woman. <laughs> so. Amazing. You can have friends that are women as a man. You can. I don't know if you know that. That's the whole debate of when Harry yeah. met Sally. That's true. Not seen it. Would know. You haven't? No. Put that on the list, baby. The horror movie list that we have? <laughs> it's horrifying to me that you haven't seen when Harry met Sally. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we did that. <laughs> Normally there's three. Is that, was that it? No, I... I Slacker. Saw it. It's too long when I do three. <laughs> so I did two. Okay. Uh, well, we did our closing thoughts. So I guess we have to pick the next book, but I don't have the sense. wheel. Can we just look at the thing? No, I'm going to need you to make the noise. Okay. The, like the... How's that? It's That's perfect. a wheel. Practice it a little bit more. Let me open my... It, it shouldn't blur together so Listen, much. I'm not... You know how boys in, like, elementary school are always, like, really into, like, mouth sound effects? And they're like, you can't make a helicopter sound with your mouth? You can't make a machine gun sound with your mouth? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, sir, I can't. <laughs> I always found that very annoying. Well, first we have to decide our category. So this was fiction. Okay. But it was old fiction. It was old fiction. Do we want to do modern fiction, nonfiction, children's? Let's do modern fiction. Okay. okay. We have 15 Okay, um, eight. Do the, do this. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> You've chosen. Oh no. Verity by Colleen Hoover. Oh, Who? there is a lot of Colleen Hoover discourse on TikTok. She, yeah. she did something bad, didn't she? I don't know if she. I know she was like the author of last year. I don't know what she did. I think she did something recently that people thought was offensive. It's not good. Um, well, we can discuss that. Yeah, well, that'll be part of the podcast. Yeah. All right. I've been Maddie. I've been Tyler. The whole podcast. Here we go. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> that was good, Brandy. <laughs>